Hi, and welcome to Where the White Coats Come Off. We are Katie and Beth, PAs and doctors of medical science, and we are here to help you get into PA school and then get through PA school. We want to be the two people here for you every day and through every step of the way, your mentors that guide you through this process so that you can finally start living your dream career. We are so excited to meet you and connect with you and help you to finally get into PA school and then get through PA school. Before we get started, we just want to drop in and encourage you and lift you up. We know how overwhelming this process can be, and just keep going. Every single day, take one step closer to perfecting your application, to strengthening your application so that you can get into PA school. Do you feel overwhelmed or stressed or not sure how to even begin? We totally understand. We get it. We've been there and we've seen so many candidates either delay applying to PA school or run out of time and rush through their application or worse yet, make big mistakes on their CASPA application that cost them an interview. Through our years of teaching at PA programs, we have seen applicants make the same huge mistakes over and over again, and we don't want that to be you. If you dream of becoming a PA, we want to help you achieve that dream. We want to be the two people that are there for you. We want to be your mentors to help you, and without wasting your time, money, or emotional health. You can absolutely become a PA, and there's no such thing as a perfect application. It's all about making sure you don't make the mistakes we've seen and making sure you do the things that make you stand out from the crowds. We will teach you exactly how to do this in our application to acceptance course. Check it out in the show notes or go to go.prepaclinic.com slash course. Again, in the show notes or go.prepaclinic.com slash course. And now let's get to today's episode. So today we're going to talk about testing in PA school. So we're not going to talk about studying and how to study for your tests and how to do all that kind of thing. That is a different podcast. But today we're going to be talking about testing and specifically multiple choice testing. There's a concept in PA school called the most right answer. And this is a concept that a lot of students struggle with. So for example, if you remember some of your multiple choice tests from undergrad, you probably had a question, you had five answers. There's one answer that's correct, and there's four answers that are not correct. And we call those the distractors because they are distracting from the correct answer. And so in undergrad, there's usually a right answer and then three that are like really, really wrong. And maybe one that if you haven't studied the material in depth enough that you might conceivably say could be right. But usually there's a very specific, this is a correct answer. So in PA school, it's actually different. So your answer and your four distractors are actually all could technically be right. And your job as a student has to pick out the one that's the most right. And again, this can be really hard for students to grasp, especially at first. So if you have a spectrum from like the very best answer to the wrong answer, all five of your answer choices are going to be somewhere on the spectrum. There's one that's most right. There's one that's kind of right. There's maybe one that could be right in circumstances, etc. And the reason for this is because it mimics what we do clinically every single day. So for example, a patient comes in with shortness of breath. Well, it could be PE. It could be an asthma exacerbation. It could be pneumonia. And so you have to figure out which one is the most right. You do this based on history, based on physical exam, testing, etc. Again, we try to mimic this in our testing. And it's hard because a lot of times in undergraduate, you go, you read, you see C is the right answer, you say yes. You don't even finish reading the rest of the question because you know C is the correct answer and you move on. Well, we don't recommend doing that in PA school. Again, because C could be a right answer, but D could be a better answer and maybe E is even the best answer. 
So choosing the best answer based on everything you have in the question is sometimes really, really hard. So it is a concept that you just need to practice. You need to practice taking these types of questions, et cetera, and just know that even if it's a correct answer, it might not be the most correct answer. So really think critically about your answer choices. Okay, so some tips here about taking test questions in PA school or really in graduate school. Um, we're gonna talk about some tips to set yourself up for success. So we mentioned that critical thinking is very, very important. Again, because PA school is not just memorizing. You're not just blurting out something you're memorizing. You're taking concepts that you've understood and applying them to scenarios, for example. And so it's not just a basic memorization thing. And so one thing we say in PA school is that you have to be able to think. So you have to set your body up and your brain up to be able to think. So the number one mistake students make when they are writing themselves for testing in PA school is the fact that they don't get any sleep. So they'll stay up to 3 a.m. like they did in undergrad, cramming some extra material, then they'll roll out of bed at seven and head off for their eight o'clock exam. This is not doing you any good, I promise you. You are way better to go to bed a few hours earlier and get some solid sleep than you are to cram for another few hours. I promise you, the few things that you learn in those few hours are not gonna help you because your brain is gonna be so tired you're unable to think about them. If you just had to spit them back out with the memorization, then yes, it might help you like it did in undergrad, but in grad school, it's different. You have to be able to sleep. Well, you have to get sleep because you have to be able to think. You have to be able to think critically. Again, we're trying to find the most right answer. They're all somewhat right. How do you find the most right? Well, you really, really have to think. So sleep-deprived brains are not great. I cannot tell you the number of students who stood in my office when we go over testing saying, I can't believe I missed that. That was the easiest question on the test. I studied that a thousand times. I knew that. How did I choose the wrong answer? And they're flabbergasted. And really what it is is because they were so tired, they literally couldn't think, and so they chose the wrong answer on something that they, have, they knew. So if they'd just taken a few hours less, stopped the cramming, go to bed earlier and get some sleep, it would have done them better in the long run. Okay, the second thing to set yourself up for success is you need to eat breakfast. There's tons of studies that show like school-aged children don't learn as well and don't think as well if they don't eat breakfast, which is why like schools start to provide breakfast for kids for whose parents don't feed them, right? And so a lot of K through 12 schools will actually have breakfast and stuff for kids because they know that they won't learn as well if they're hungry, if their stomach's rumbling. So it doesn't matter if you just wanna jam a piece of fruit in the car on the way to your test because you don't have a lot of time or you wanna eat a granola bar or some you know, yogurt with some berries, whatever it is you want, just eat something. Again, set yourself up for success. Give your brain some fuel, calm your body down, and that way you can take your exam without feeling uncomfortable and really be able to concentrate on thinking. Another way you can set yourself up for success is things such as earplugs. So on our pants exam, which is our national board exam that we all have to take in order to become certified PAs, uh, they allow you to have earbuds. They pr actually provide them. They're not earbuds, they're, they're earplugs in order to help you concentrate. So some people get really, really distracted by like the rustling, the tapping of someone's shoe, you know, the typing on computers, etc. So if that's you, then see if you can wear some earplugs. Now we don't allow earbuds because we don't know if you're like listening to lectures or podcasts or whatever. So we won't allow those, but a lot of programs will allow earplugs and you just kind of put them in little foam earplugs, etc. And that way you can really concentrate. So if you were distracted by noises, then you wanna make sure that you bring these to your exam, just keep them in your backpack or whatever, your medical bag, and that way you always have them. Another thing too is either scratch paper or whiteboards. So when you take your pants exam, you are allowed to have a whiteboard, you can write stuff on it, you have to turn it back in and get a new one. 
if you need another sheet, etc. So a lot of schools mimic this. Again, they'll maybe let you have some blank scratch paper or maybe even a whiteboard itself. If you are a visual person, then go ahead and use this. I use this all the time. I write down keywords. I write down um, just things to help me think. Um, sometimes just writing down a word or a chief complaint or past medical history or something. It just kind of jogs my memory because I'm very much that type of learner. So if you are that type of learner, use scratch paper, use a whiteboard, etc. if your school allows them because a lot of times just jotting down some key pieces from scenarios can really, really help. Depending on which software you use, there's also some things within the software that can help you. For example, if you use ExamSoft, your professor can turn on answer highlighting so you can highlight certain sections of a scenario or they can turn on question flagging, right? So you can flag a question and come back for it later. If you're allowed to navigate back and forth, if you think of something, you can navigate back to a question and be like, oh, I just thought of this and this is how I would answer this, etc. A lot of times they have a timer so you know exactly how much time you're spending on questions, right? And so I use this a lot. And so what I'll do is if a question seems really complicated or I really, really have to think about it, I will just flag it and that way I don't feel rushed. And at the end of my exam, when I'm done with all the questions, I'll go back to the ones I flagged and take my time. Because PA school, you usually time your testing. A lot of schools will give like a minute per question, for example. And so, you know, you're gonna feel rushed because you're like, oh, hey, I only have a minute to answer each question. But some questions might be super quick and then some might take two or three minutes to think about. So I always flag the really in-depth ones that I'm gonna think about and I always come back to them later. And that way I don't feel rushed. So if I don't feel like I'm not gonna get through the exam, because of these questions. So I just do them at the very end and that gives my brain time to think and I'm not so stressed and anxious. Okay, so speaking of anxiety, lots of students really struggle with test anxiety in PA school. So even if you didn't have any test anxiety in undergraduate programs, a lot of times this manifests in PA school because the stakes are so much higher. And so if you're so anxious that it overwhelms you, you need to figure out a way to calm yourself down and to be able to work through it. Because a little bit of anxiety and nerves is good. It means you care, it means you know, you're excited about things, you know that it's important, but too much anxiety can paralyze you. So a lot of students, for example, maybe they've had trouble with anxiety and depression in the past and they need to talk to their primary care and kind of get that settled. Well, that's a really good thing to do because again, you're not gonna be able to test well and really even learn well in PA school if you have this overwhelming anxiety. And one thing I do is I always take a walk in the morning. The endorphins really, really help me just feel good with my body moving. I just feel really good. So before really big events in my life, such as testing or races or something like that, I will go ahead and just take a, a just a gentle walk just to warm up the body, warm up my muscles and just make myself feel better. I'm also one of those people who don't really want to talk. So if I'm under like a really stressful situation and I'm about to start something, I like to kind of get in my own head, get in my own space. And so I'm not the person who's going to come early to class and chat and laugh, that type of thing. If it's a really, really important test, I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to be just kind of gathering myself and thinking myself and almost meditating and setting myself up for success. We've had students who also meditate. We've had students who deep breathing exercises. Some students do affirmations. So whatever you can do, if you struggle from test anxiety, I promise you it's gonna get worse in PA school. So you need to figure out something to help you cope with this. You can go to therapy to learn coping measures. You can see your primary care if you think that's necessary. You can try some affirmations, some meditation, etc. Whatever works for you, because things are gonna work different for everybody, because everybody is different. Everybody has a different way to deal with the anxiety or their test issues. But we really, really recommend that you get this out of the way. Figure this out. Figure out how you are going to defeat test anxiety before you start in PA school, because I promise you, everything is exponentially increased in PA school. Anytime you're under stress, it always gets worse. 
So I hope these tips have helped you and I hope you crush your next exam. Just remember, we're thinking about the most right answer in PA school, so we need to set ourselves up for success by allowing our brain sleep, food, energy, etc., in order to be able to think because critical thinking is really, really ha, critical in PA school. See you next episode. Before we jump off, if you have an interview coming up, make sure you check out the show notes where we have a link for a free resource of the five types of PA school interview questions that you should absolutely anticipate during your PA school interview. We want you to be so prepared to rock out your interview so you can finally land that seat. Again, check it out in the show notes and we'll see you next time.